Hello and welcome to the Parunity Podcast. Tonight we have with us Dylan Dick from the Spirit Trackers Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Denver, Colorado. Before we bring Dylan on though, let's talk a little bit about Denver. Denver, the capital and most populous city of the state of Colorado, is just east of the front range of the Rocky Mountains. Founded in 1858, is named after James W. Denver, a governor of the Kansas Territory, and it is nicknamed the Mile High City because its official elevation is exactly one mile above sea level. With an estimated population of 704,621 in 2017, Denver is considered the 19th most populous city and is one of the fastest growing major cities in the United States. In 2016, Denver was also named the best place to live in the United States by the U.S. News and World Report. But looking a little bit at Denver's haunted hotspots, we're looking at the Brown Palace Hotel, which offers a ghost tour to private groups, the Molly Brown House, from Titanic fame, where light bulbs unscrew themselves and the doors from the dining room to the kitchen opens and closes on its own. Also, perhaps the most chilling of Denver's hot spots is Cheeseman Park, the graveyard-turned-public park that inspired the movie Poltergeist. When the area was converted from a graveyard to a park in the late 1800s, a half-hearted attempt was made to relocate the bodies. It is believed that many remain buried beneath the park, and the surrounding houses are rumored to get visits from these spirits. One particularly haunted house, the Henry Treat Rogers Mansion, has since been demolished, but not before inspiring the story of The Changeling, which author Russell Hunter is based on real-life events that he experienced while living there. Now, help me welcome to the Parent Unity Podcast, Dylan Dick, for a first-hand look at some of the great haunted locations and a little bit of insight into the science of paranormal investigations that they use out in Denver. Dylan, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Hey, since I have you on the show tonight, what actually got you interested in the paranormal? Uh, so actually, we, uh, both Daniel and I, the co-founder, my other co-founder, we watched a bunch of the shows, you know, when they were first kind of getting started. Uh, Ghost Adventures was our main show. And we both watched Ghost Adventures and we kind of talked about Ghost Adventures together. And then that got us into talking about like our own personal experiences, like when we were younger. And from there, we just kind of um, like, hey, why don't we go out and do this ourselves? Sure, absolutely. I know that's the way a lot of investigators kind of get started. Now, did you have a lot of experiences when you were a kid or growing up? Um, you know, I not particularly, no. Um, I grew up in a family that, that we had a lot of like family members that were into ghosts, into aliens, all that kind of stuff. So I've kind of always grown up around this kind of this this realm if you want to call it that sure um so how long have you been investigating then we formed our team in 2011 so we are coming up on the 10 year mark that's exciting you guys have any big plans for the 10 year Uh, not yet we're working on getting out of colorado (laughs) kind of getting into other states and checking out a bunch of other stuff going to some big places that we wanted to go to like waverly hills uh, Velisca, Axe Murder House, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You'll have to let me know if you do make it over to Iowa. I'm actually located in Iowa, so. Okay, okay. I'm sure my team would love to team up with you guys. Maybe we could uh, try and do Velisca or maybe even um, the other place that's real popular, Edinburgh Manor. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm kind of familiar with that. Sure. Um, So you said getting out of Colorado. I saw that 
talking to you a little bit that you guys are located in Denver, Colorado. Is there any good places if uh, investigators planning on heading out that way that they should really check out in Denver? Um, sure. Obviously, you know, one of the big like American haunted spots is Stanley Hotel. Uh, crazy enough, we've actually never gone there. You have to get a room and you have to uh, it's, it's hard to investigate if you want to go. Um, but one of the main places that we go, this is kind of like our base of operations almost, is Dickens Tavern in Longmont, Colorado. It's about 45 minute drive out of out of Denver. OK, um, we're actually involved with a horror film festival there. And that's kind of how we got involved with Dickens opera with the with the tavern. Okay, And we've gone there for investigations um, a handful of times now. So that's a really cool place. We've had a lot of experiences there. What are some of the experiences you've had? Uh, one thing, we actually were able to confirm one of the spirits that is said to reside there. They actually have a drink named after this spirit. Her name is Cassie. And during an SB7 spirit box session, we were speaking to a, um, a male spirit, and we asked, who's with you? And that male spirit's voice came through and said, Cassie. Oh, that's awesome. I love when you get a Class A like that especially those direct responses it kind of almost gives you goosebumps when you review it oh yeah um we have also one of our one of our really cool pieces of video evidence um one of the best ones we've captured is a hand like a well a shadow that comes out in front of the camera mm -hmm. and it's like it projected on the wall and we've watched it you know a number of times showed it to a number of people we're involved in media production um so you know we're, we're used to things that happen with cameras and there's just there's no explanation for what happened it's just this well-defined shadow of a hand projecting onto a wall oh that's really cool yeah um so dickens is a cool, cool place we have an old used to be a mining town called Leyden, and uh, this is more kind of in denver proper so Leyden is a really cool place it's abandoned buildings we've had all sorts of um we've gotten evps We've seen shadow figures. There's a number of stuff out in Leyden. Okay. Well, tell me a little bit about your team. I mean, you talked about you and your co-founder. Uh, who else do you have on your team? Um, currently, we have, so myself, Dylan, and then my other co-founder's name is Daniel, and his wife, Kaylee, is part of the team. And then we also have our friend, Zach, uh, Zach Coffey. He's a part of our team as well now. We've kind of gone back and forth. We've had some people that um, have been with us at some point you know because we're at eight years now so it's hard to keep people that have been here since day one. Oh, absolutely okay well you were talking a little bit about the tavern um is there what would be your number one favorite place that you've that you've investigated oh man um you know we've we went out to nevada we were doing actually a documentary as i mentioned earlier we we're into media like we're uh, as our day jobs do media production so we've done a number of different documentaries, and one of our documentaries, we went out to Nevada and California, and we stayed at the Ghost Motel, and we stayed at the Amargosa Opera House in Death Valley. Um, actually, it was like we were there like a week after Nick Groff and his team were there, so that was cool. Uh, but Amargosa Opera House was probably probably one of the coolest places that I've been to. That sounds really cool. Um, what was some of the experiences you had there? Uh, the experiences we had there. Um, we had, we got a shadow figure crossing, uh, in a hallway. We had several, um, like, and you, you hate to use the, the term orbs because you never know, but there were two, 
uh, lit dots that had like their own light source that were moving in conjunction across the floor. Um, so it was really cool. And, and just a lot of uh, different, uh, it's a lot of different personal experiences, you know, feelings of like spirits being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we heard lots of, lots of noises, some disembodied voices that we heard with our own ears and also that we captured some stuff that we had experienced. Sure. So in doing your investigations, I mean, I'm assuming you have most of the same type of equipment that I think everybody uses. Is there any particular types of equipment that you tend to lean more to than others? Um, yeah, we've started, we're kind of getting into like full spectrum using this full spectrum lights rather than just the infrared lights. Sure. Um, we've really worked on improving the quality of our audio recording. So instead of just like the audio recorder you'd go out and get at uh, at Walmart or Best Buy or whatever, you know, we're using like Zoom H1. Uh, we have a Zoom H4 that we're going to be using as well. And that's kind of moving more into like professional audio uh, equipment. Yeah, we have a Zoom on our team as well. And the thing's amazing. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Um, obviously, you know, the SP seven spirit box, I think that thing is, that's, that's, that's a great invention. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. We use the SP seven a lot. Now with the, the SP sevens and I'm, I might be getting off a little bit. Have you, you guys have heard about that, the new S's park method with the spirit boxes? Um, I'm not familiar with that now. Okay. So I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, they were doing some experimentations and they actually have one person of their team, they actually plug in uh, the noise reducing headphones into it, okay, or the noise canceling headphones rather, and they blindfold themselves so they're unable to hear their team and they're unable to see the team. And rather than speaking sure. to the spirit box themselves, they ask the questions, and the person that's listening to the spirit box doing its repetition um, speaks out whatever they hear. You know, just okay. Re- and we've actually been finding, or a lot of teams that have been using it actually have been finding that uh, they're getting a lot more direct responses. All right. Yeah. That, that would... I mean, I give the person that does it a lot of credit because I'm sure <laughs> their brain's probably about fried after they <laughs> sit there right. and listen to it with the headphones on. But there's been a lot of, a lot of um, documentation now that they're actually getting a lot more direct responses to their questions. We actually tried it just here two weeks ago at our last investigation with my team. And some of the responses we got were, I mean, it was, it was amazing. Wow. Okay. So it was just a thought. I mean, I could see where, right. I could see where that would be a benefit for sure. Um, have you ever heard of a route of a diode? No, I have not. Tell me about it. Um, so basically what it is, is it's an old like radio crystal. And so you plug it into a recorder and instead of picking up all of your ambient sounds and everything else, the spirits are said to be able to to communicate through this crystal. So um, basically all your audio that you would have on that would be just your, your EVPs. So you plug it in, and everything should be a flat line on, on Audacity or whatever program you're using, unless you actually do have an EVP. Are you still able to hear the questions? Uh, no, no, nothing at all. Like no voices, no environmental sound, none of that is actually being recorded. Huh. That sounds like it'd be really interesting. It sounds like it'd be a little tedious to review, though, too, because you'd have to listen to kind of both at the same time. Right, right. Yeah, basically that would, I mean, um, you're recording from the router bay itself. You could do that very easily because if you, all you have to look for is a spike on your audio. 
Sure. Um, and if you just start them both at the same time, then you can compare your timestamps. That'd be really interesting. And to it's, try. it's a little bit extra. Yeah. But um, yeah, we've taken it out. Um, I think we've used it like twice now. We haven't got anything off of it yet, but there are a lot of people. Um, there are a lot of people that say that they have gotten things off of it. Very cool. Yeah, that'd be definitely something to look into trying. Are those crystals pretty easy to find online? Or um, yeah, I think that we got ours for somewhere around like fifteen, fifteen bucks or so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Do you have any like tips or tricks that you've kind of done over your past eight years that you've kind of been able to? get better responses from with your equipment? I mean, we spoke about the diode for one and the, with the crystal. Is there any other kind of tricks that you guys do? I would say just, uh, just you know, really work on your questions. What we do is we, we will research the place that we're going. I know a lot of paranormal investigators kind of approach that. There's two different approaches to that, and some people prefer not to know anything going into it. And some people prefer to like know as much as they can going into it. Um, and we we really take kind of the latter approach. Uh, so we go in, and you, know, you have kind of your general questions, and then you can also sort of tailor some questions towards that. Uh, give good response times. Like after you ask that question, you know, don't go right into your next question. Um, and that's kind of a few of the things that we do. Also, like with your video. If you see anything, you know, while you're while you're in the moment, if you see anything that happened, we'd go back and try to duplicate that. So we do a lot of our um, analysis. We try to do that in the moment. Oh. So we try to look for like any audio contamination. Um, so try to cut that down to a minimum also. And one thing, probably the main thing that uh, we really do when like doing EVPs and whatnot, um, using our recorders, is make sure you document your sounds. Like if you <laughs> – one a big problem with me that happens is a lot of times I'll be hungry during an investigation, so you get your stomach grumbles, you know. And if you don't say anything about that, that, that sounds um, very foreign <laughs> when you're doing your playback. Yeah, so we've, we've had that, that happen happens. a few times, too. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything that happens, just mention it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Any cough, any sneeze, anything like that. I know the right. last investigation we did, we had, um, we got there and we were doing our investigation. And it turned out the night we were doing it was the same night they were doing a benefit dance in town. So normally this small farm town in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin was suddenly booming and alive with all these hundreds of people come to town for this benefit dance. So we had all sorts of car right. doors and you could hear people oh, singing, and singing in the streets. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one of our, one of our earlier investigations, we went to a well-known location, um, kind of in downtown Denver, it's Cheeseman park. Um, there's a lot of interesting history on Cheeseman park. Like when we had an influenza epidemic coming through in the very beginning of the uh, 20th century, this was actually a mass grave site uh, for all of the influenza victims. And it became like a city a city a cemetery and there's a city park. Like every year they'll dig up a couple of bodies and they're doing their renovations and whatnot. But they have a large, um, like a pantheon location almost on the in the park. And they do wedding receptions there and all that kind of events. 
And when we went there, we, had, we went with another team and we couldn't use any of our audio because there was a wedding reception there that night. Oh, no. So it was a shot. Oh, that's, <laughs> I mean, it's great for the couple, but it's always, it's always horrible for the team. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So we, we try to, um, we try to avoid other people being around as much as we can. Sure. Well, absolutely. So now when you guys, you said you do more of the latter of trying to get as much information as you can, um, do you guys have like a team historian that kind of goes out and does all the research on it? Or do you kind of just do it as a group effort trying to find as much of the background facts as you can? Um, a lot of, I mean, we, we kind of, kind of do that as a team effort, but a lot of that kind of falls on Daniel. Um, he does, he's good at research and he does a lot of the, a lot of the historical research uh, for us. And we just talk to, we talk to everybody we can also. <laughs> Well, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm assuming you guys have like the, the questionnaire that you go through when you first meet with the clients and everything like that. Um, you know, actually, we haven't really been doing as much field work uh, in the recent years as we would like to. A lot of it has been more just on the research end, but we've also been doing research in the field, if that makes sense. But sure. we'll do it more like at our at our home or we'll do it like at Dickens, um, somewhere that we can go repeatedly and kind of have the same conditions. And that way, you know, we can, we can kind of work on figuring out the paranormal, um, more so than just like going to someone's house and investigating, but going to places that we can go often and, um, work on developing theories and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Now, are you guys more the theory-based uh, type of a team, or do you still do like the home inspe- or the home investigations for families if they're troubled? Um, yeah, we will do we will do investigations. We just haven't done we haven't done much of that in quite a while. Okay. Well, maybe the the home stuff has kind of quieted down a little bit. Hopefully. <laughs> right. Right. You know, is there a lot of teams out there in Denver right now? Um, yeah, there are there are a number of teams in the area. Uh, we work with a couple, um, we work with ghost theory crew, who's actually their founder works for the same media production company that we do. Okay. Great. Uh, um, we work with, we work very closely with a team up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh, their name is fog. They're led by a gentleman named Jose, a really good team. But yeah, there's a lot of teams in Colorado. Um, a lot of them we know, a lot of them we don't know. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. So what would be the most, I don't know, you could say either the most amazing or the most terrifying thing that you've seen? Uh, sure. Okay. So a, uh, a few weeks ago, we went to an aircraft museum at an old Air Force base. It actually used to be the Air Force Academy back in the 50s um, down in Denver. And it's called Wings Over the Rockies. Really cool place, full of aircraft. Um, and upon reviewing our camera footage, we found on my camera, and this was actually two different things, just seconds apart, um, we had a shadow figure walking across the screen. And then just a few seconds later, we had um, some sort of a shadow figure, but it was, it was different than the first shadow figure. It was more defined. Um, and it was a very tall looking shadow figure that was walking in front of an aircraft. Oh, that's neat. 
Um, so yeah, that was that was really cool. Have you guys gotten into any of the any of the investigations where you kind of had to hold up and be like, "Whoa, all right, wait a minute, this is getting a little too ominous for me." Sure, sure. Um, so there was a location um, up in Wyoming that we were at with our friends with Fog, um, and there was a lot of there had been a lot of like ritualistic uh, ceremonies, if you want to call it that. Uh, like in the basement, we found a little fire pit with bird bones and all that sort of stuff. So definitely some dark stuff going on there. And um, we had, Daniel and I had been in a room of this old theater. And it was just, it was really weird feeling. Uh, we both, you know, just did not feel right in there. And luckily, the rest of the guys um one of the guys who's with us at the time, he's kind of with us off and on. His name is Steven. Uh, he came in with Jose and brought us out of there. Um, then we kept trying to go back into that room, like Daniel in particular. So that was that was a crazy one. Um, there was one we went to a number of years ago. We went to an old abandoned orphanage uh, here in Colorado. Okay. And that place, oh, that place was just insane. We recently found our audio. And in an hour's time, we found, I want to say, like 32 or 33 audio anomalies. Wow. <laughs> so, and yeah, you, you know how crazy that, that number is. And it was just like at one point we were standing, I was standing looking into a hallway. And this is in a basement. And I asked Daniel, you know, if he just reached in front of me, like what he was doing. And he was standing next to me, but he hadn't reached in front of me. And that's how like, physically um, manifested this spirit was. And at another point in there, we saw the the walls were bare. So it was just down to the studs. So we saw the studs actually warp in front of us. Wow. Um, we saw just like a wave of almost like a river of darkness just pulsing down the hallway. So kind of a, kind of a weird sort of like shadow misty river <laughs> um it's hard to describe that was a that was a crazy location unfortunately that's since been torn down but or fortunately i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's got to be a lot of energy charged up in there in order for it to be making that much uh energy shooting down the hallways right right we uh we were standing next to a window and we saw our shadows and then a third shadow next to us that was like a lot taller than us so that's kind of weird standing you know next to your friend and then you look over and you see that there's three people standing there You're like um that shouldn't be like that oh yeah then anytime you get something that appears next to you that you're not expecting it definitely will <laughs> it'll cause you to stop a little bit oh yeah for sure well do you guys um do you guys have any public events that have been that are coming up uh yes we uh so a number of different things we're working on kind of speaking at different conferences. Okay. Um, so one thing we're going to be doing, uh, hopefully we'll be speaking at the Kansas City Paranormal Convention. And I cannot think off the top of my head um, when that's going to be, but that's within the next within the next couple of months. Okay. Um, so we'll be speaking there. We also work with um, Spirit of the Rockies Paranormal Convention. 
Okay. And they're going to be doing that probably sometime, um, I think it's been November, around November, the last couple of years. So we usually speak at that. Sure. Um, we're working on launching our own podcast, which is going to be coming out on April 1st. Uh, Full Spectrum Paranormal Podcast is going to be the name of that one. And we had actually just gotten done recording one of our first episodes uh, just a few minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Great timing. <laughs> yeah. And then, like I mentioned with Dickens, we uh, co-produce a paranormal or a horror film festival. And that's going to be October 19th in Longmont, Colorado. That's Dickens Horror Film Festival. Uh, we have a Facebook page for all of that and for the for the film festival and for the podcast and yeah if you can uh send me the links after this i'll make sure to put them in the in the notes for the show okay definitely that way we can kind of use the pair of unity here a little bit and see if we can get a little more attention brought your guys's way to your events right for sure yeah and like i said we're we're trying to get to more conferences and we're trying to do like some more speaking engagements and we're really just wanting to get out there and, and meet people. Sure, absolutely. Have you guys thought about hosting a public a public investigation? Um, we have. We have. We've given that a lot of thought over the years. Um, we've been on a number of ghost tours ourselves, you know. Sure. And, um, I mean, it, it's interesting. I don't know if you've been on, like, any bigger ghost tours or not. Um, but groups can be groups can be pretty weird. When you're at a haunted location, um, sometimes you can cause a spike of energy and things might go up or it could be too many people and you won't get anything. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, it's hard. It's hard to, like, try to get any evidence from that because you have the noise contamination and all of that. But, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's definitely something that we've looked at doing and could possibly start doing in the future. Yes. Yeah, we actually have one coming up. Here near the end of March, we're doing one at uh, an opera house here in in town. And oh, okay. Well, the way we we do it is we usually invite people up. We we kind of limit the amount of people we have, and you know we invite sure. them up for they you know eat dinner with us, and then we do a little presentation while we're eating, so they kind of get a good grasp of what's happening. And then okay. we then we break them into teams, so we have a smaller amount of people going into different locations at one time to kind of help reduce the amount of of the audio that's coming out of it so that way it's a little bit easier to kind of review the stuff but it's we've done a few of them in the past and they've always seemed to go pretty good so it's one i mean it's just one way of you know looking at trying to get your name out there and get people interested in what you're doing right right yeah we've we've done that at dickens um we've taken a few people from the film festival actually um out on an investigation because actually we make it's like a little uh, mini documentary each year on the Dickens and on a paranormal investigation to kind of show the activity there. And we'll use that to kick off the horror film festival. That's, that's pretty cool. That is really cool. So as we're kind of winding down here a little bit, Dylan, um, is there, if somebody's looking at getting into it, do you have into the paranormal investigation? Do you have any kind of advice or tips for them? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Obviously, all all the shows, and that's that's probably going to be uh, most people's exposure in the beginning. The shows are cool. We all like watching them. Uh, uh, try not to go into it with the mindset, though, of crazy stuff's going to be happening every second. 
you've got to realize that these shows, they're like 45 minute shows and they're made with dozens of hours of camera footage, dozens of hours of audio and everything's compacted down. Um, there are times where you could be sitting around for an hour and have absolutely nothing happen. Of course, there are also times where you could be there in an hour and you could have, uh, you could have 32 things happen, you know? Um, (laughs) but it's not this crazy glamorous, um, super, you know, full thing that we see on TV and in movies. Uh, it's fun for sure. It's very fun. It's, it's life changing also, you know, honestly, when you go out there and you experience these things and you realize there is something going on out there that we don't understand. Absolutely. It really makes you think about life and how you view it and what you believe. Um, so that would kind of be the main thing. And what we did, I would say, is, is a great idea for anybody else because I knew some people who were paranormal investigators. So we basically just kind of started talking to them. We're like, hey, would you mind taking us out? And that's what happens. So get online, look for paranormal investigators around you. Um, maybe go through uh, National Paranormal Society. They usually have a, they do a pretty good job of keeping like reputable teams um, on their directory. So maybe check them out, look for a team around you and contact them and see if you could just go out with them. Sure. Absolutely. So speaking a little bit about being with the team, um, if someone's looking at maybe having you guys for a speaking engagement or maybe even just having you come and investigate their location, um, what sure. are some of the best ways to get a hold of you? Um, definitely, uh, probably on our Facebook page is one of the one of the best things. Um, that's just Spirit Trackers Paranormal Investigation Team, and also I'm trying to remember the exact URL for our website right now. You'd think that I would know that off the top of my head. Do you have it linked onto your Facebook page? Um, yes, we do. Okay. Well, I can always I can always pull it off there, and then that way we can uh, make sure we have it listed for anybody that in case they want to get a hold of you out there in the Denver area. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Great. Well, Dylan, I appreciate you taking the time away from recording your podcast and uh, everything else. It sounds like your team's been getting involved with to talk to me tonight. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for uh, reaching out to us. Yep. Thank you. Well, have a good night, Dylan. You as well. Thanks again to Dylan with the Spirit Trackers Paranormal Investigation Team for being our guest today. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. My name is Brandon, and you have been listening to the best place to bring our paranormal teams a little closer together, the Para Unity Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>